You're listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed, episode 215. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantors, and I'm very excited to have you joining me today. Today we're exploring why your personal stories are powerful, and I have with me the fabulous Dr. Kristen Guillory joining me as my very special guest this week. So following on from last week's theme around being human and bringing your true self to work, we're building on that in this conversation. Now before we get to the conversation with Dr. Guillory, I have a very exciting announcement. Now, I am looking for 10 founding members for the C-Method Academy. Now, if you're new to the podcast, the C-Method is my coaching and training company where I help corporate professionals and business leaders to have more confidence, more influence and impact in the workplace through developing powerful communication skills. Now, the C-Method Academy is going to be an online training program and accountability group where we take the concepts from this podcast and we go deeper. We study them and we apply them in a supportive environment as well. And I'm looking for 10 people only, only 10, to help me develop this program up to make it as valuable and impactful as possible. So I want to work with you guys to find out, you know, what exactly works for you, what content do you want before I release it out into the world. As a founding member, you get lifetime access to this membership group. So once it launches, you won't have to pay a single thing after that. So that will include access to all the resources, the training materials, as well as the webinars, the coaching calls, etc. Everything we do in the group, you'll have unlimited access to. And as a founding member, you will be working with me to help me develop up the program. So I'll be expecting you to provide me with feedback, um, suggestions for improvement, as well as a testimonial from the program at the end. And this process will take about three months. So you get first look at the program, you get to have a say in what goes in there, and you get unlimited access to it forever and as long as the program exists. And I'm only asking for a $300 investment, a $300 US investment, which is a very affordable amount for you to work with me this closely and this in depth. And as I mentioned, this is the last you'll, you'll pay. So it's a single upfront payment and the rest of the program for you will be unlimited access. And I expect the investment for this program once it's gets up and running will be around $99 to $197 per month. So it will be a monthly membership site, uh, but for the founding members, it will be $300 flat. That's it. So if that sounds like you and you're like, yes, hell yes, I want to be in, go to thecmethod.com slash join. That's thecmethod.com slash join. Now, as I record this and as you hear this, those 10 spots might have already been snapped up because I did email my subscribers and I've had quite a number of people respond back. So if you go to thecmethod.com slash join and you see that applications are closed and that it's full, you will still be able to be put on the waiting list. So what will happen is I'll open up membership for, again, a limited number of people and that will be at a a lower rate as well. So go to thecmethod.com slash join to get on that waiting list if all the spots are already taken. I cannot tell you how excited I am about this. I've been wanting to do this for a really long time and it's now happening and I absolutely can't wait and I cannot wait to work with you. Okay, 
Let's get to this week's conversation with Dr. Kristen Guillory. And we're talking about stories, and not just any stories, your personal stories. Now, a little bit about Dr. Kristen. She is a speaker. She's an author. She's spoken over 800 times to over 60,000 people in Fortune 500 companies, universities, school districts across the USA and Colombia. And when she speaks, she's all about connecting at the heart level. And she uses dancing, storytelling, humor um, in her presentations to take her audiences on a journey. And as you'll hear, she has a very inspiring story herself. And she shares how when she first started speaking, she didn't think she had a story worth sharing. We also talk about why it's important to let people see the real part of you. We talk about how to craft a compelling personal story. And We talk about how you can bring more of this into the workplace. Show notes will be at thecmethod.com slash 215. All right, let's meet Dr. Kristen Guillory. I was working on my PhD and was tutoring a high school teacher. This high school teacher discovered that I was working on this degree at a really young age. And she said, oh my goodness, will you come and speak to all of my students? You are a young black woman and they need to see someone like you. And I said, sure. Literally five minutes later, another teacher comes in and asks me to come speak to all of her classes. So within six minutes, I was invited to speak to 300 students. How did they, what did they want you to speak about? They, so good question, (laughs) which, so they wanted me to talk about me. They wanted me to share with the students that I am working on my PhD and these are some goals that I have and these are some things that I have been through. They really just wanted them, the students to see me. Right. Um, How did you feel about sharing about yourself? So I was excited about the opportunity and what I did is I made this awesome presentation called Houston, We Have a Problem. And I was going to highlight friends of mine who had overcome these hurdles and were doing amazing things. So what I did, I didn't even realize I was doing it until years later. I wasn't even preparing a talk to mention me. I was preparing a talk to highlight these amazing people who I thought I could capture a range of hurdles so the students could relate to the hurdles I was presenting. But I really didn't even talk about me in the talk that was supposed to be about me. <laughs> and why was that? I did not think that I had a story that was worthy of people being inspired by. I didn't think I had a story that was like one of those stories that's really gut-wrenching, like, oof, they have an amazing story. I did not think I had one. Why didn't you think that you had a, a great story worthy of hearing. Yeah, I, because I didn't have those elements that are a part of what, in my mind at that time, qualifies an amazing and gut-wrenching story. So I didn't have stories of things that fit in that category, maybe abuse or poverty or that I'd overcome really big hurdles. I just was like, well, I am the oldest of three and I live in an awesome neighborhood with great parents and I am in advanced placement classes and I'm in the band and that (laughs) 
was what was going on in my mind. And I didn't feel like I had that much to offer. And I played the clarinet. And so you're basically thinking, I'm pretty normal. Yes. <laughs> but even though even though um, you were asked to do these these talks and they were saying, you know, because you're really young, you know, you're one of the only African-American women here doing this PhD, you know, did that not occur to you that that was something special there? It didn't. Right. Isn't that crazy? It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't. And you know what? Months later, so after that, I wound up speaking to 10 different classes of about 30 students apiece, and it was great. And I continued to get invitations, and it didn't hit me until maybe six months later when I got an invitation to speak at a university, and they specifically said, we want you to talk about you. We want you to give us you. And I had a shift. I had a shift and thought, okay, then I am going to share me and my story. And, and it was my story. And my story contains all of that band. And it contains moments of insecurity and doubt and all of that. And I really connected with the students and that with that talk was sharing all about me and I really connected with the students where I didn't share about me but I connected with them on a level of wow she's a great presenter she's fun but they didn't get to know me at all mm -hmm. they knew nothing about me except that I love music and I incorporated music in every slide in this presentation love it it's so good and so who are the people you speak to now mostly Sure. So now I have what I would call my two speaker voices. So I am a trainer. I provide professional development training to really across the board. So corporations, Fortune 500 companies, universities, school districts, nonprofits. And then I also provide a lot of keynote talks across the country. And, and I've done a little bit of work in uh, Colombia. And those topics include anything from motivation or the power of your voice or things around grief and the training side, mm. things around diversity and ethics and mental health, self-care, compassion, fatigue, across the board in, in those areas in terms of training and the keynote talks. What the interesting thing is there is not really a big difference between me leading a training and me giving a keynote talk, right? The main difference may be time. A training is longer, but we are dancing in every talk, okay? I love, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes. And you do too. I saw. I saw. I do. Look, I when I MC conferences, something I like to do is get everyone up and dancing. And sometimes I can see people rolling their eyes like, oh, she's not going to make us dance again, is she? But I'm like, it's for your own good. It's to get your energy up. <laughs> it is. And they love it. I, I mean, and it's great. I love merengue. And we literally, every engagement, we are up. I, For example, I was one of the featured speakers at a huge singles conference last year at a church and let's say eh, maybe 800 900 people were there and most of the featured speakers so the other two featured speakers are pastors i am not a pastor so if you think about a pastor they are at the podium and doing their thing so during the planning i shared with the team i said so i want everybody to dance are we going to do that and they <laughs> said if that's what you want and they said are you really going to have everyone stand up on a Saturday morning and dance. I said, I sure am. 
And we did, and it's been incredible looking at the video footage and seeing the people in the very back dancing. And I just ran into a woman who was at that conference last week and she said, oh, I remember you. You shifted the room, you shifted the energy, and you had all of us up doing some salsa. I said, no, it was merengue, but you're close. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just great. So that's, that's me. That's part of the sharing the story is also just being free to be who I am always when I'm in front of you. So I don't, I don't change who I am regardless of the audience. Mm. And that's a really powerful message, you know, but it's also very difficult to do for a lot of people. And I know, Kristen, you also coach people. You run, you know, speaking boot camps for people on how to become um, effective and successful speakers. What happens when you work with someone and they really struggle to bring their true authentic self when they're on stage? Sure. Great question. I can tell you about a coaching call yesterday. Yeah, sure. She is a director at a university and we were going over her talk. So part of my coaching, if we are not live, you record yourself and you send it to me and I type up a lot of feedback. And we were talking and she was going over her talk again while we were on the call. And I said, I need you to let them see that part of you, that part of you. And she said, you know what? I've spent so many years by people with people saying to be a speaker, you don't bring up stories and you stand there and you're, you know, that's who you are. Mm. And I said, but that's not who you are. That's not who you are. I said, think about the times you've heard someone speak. Yes, you might remember the encouragement and tips they gave you, but you are remembering a story you're remembering something that they gave you that was personal. So part of her story is having a conversation with the colleague who asked her this question. And my question to her was, where were you when you were having this call? She said, well, I was in Target. I said, I need you to put that in your story. People love Target. <laughs> they do. <laughs> right? And she said, I was in a Target looking for a humidifier because of my allergies. I said, do you know how many people are struggling with allergies? Say that. You've just connected with someone who might think they're the only one who's going to target to get a humidifier. Okay. Can I pause you there, Kristen? Yeah. So you said, you said something really important there in that yeah. you got your client to be really specific with the story. It wasn't just, oh, I was talking to a colleague. It was, I was standing in the dehumidifier aisle at Target. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why is it so important that we get really specific? Because some people might be thinking, why do we need to share those details? Is, is it even relevant? Absolutely. I believe in showing a story rather than telling it. I believe in setting up the scene so you are with me. So I can tell you that I went through something hard, but it's something else to say. I remember it was a Sunday night and it was really cold and I got that phone call, mm. a phone call I will never forget. And I so it's different when I'm like, I can see the person that you are in a car and that is cold. Now, I also tell my clients, I want you to use verbiage that is natural to you. So an example, an example, I was doing one of my group coaching calls and one of the clients said it was a cold day and I was, I walked in the office to visit the coach. I said, okay, 
tell me a little bit more about that day. Was it freezing? Was it snowing? She says, it was a dreary, dreary day. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that how you speak? Is that how you speak? And she said, well, no, I didn't know what you wanted me to say. I said, no, tell me, were you freezing? Were you wearing a coat? Was it raining? She said, oh, oh, no, it was freezing. Tell me that. It was freezing, and I was walking across campus to this mandatory meeting with my coach, and I had no idea what she was going to tell me. Tell me that, because now you're telling me, one, this is a meeting that you have no idea of the topic. Two, it's freezing. Three, you were in college, all in 10 seconds. I believe that's really important in just storytelling, but I also believe as speakers that it is essential for us to connect at a heart level. And an only, and the, one of the only ways to connect at a heart level is to share a story and share part of you and in a way almost relive it, which is hard at, in some moments. Yeah. And especially in the workplace where there's this real focus on, you know, being professional and we only talk about work stuff and we don't bring, you know, why would you tell a personal story about, you know, I was freezing cold and I had no idea what was happening. Like, why would you bring that to work? Um, you know, so I think it's something that I help my clients do is because they come to me and they say, I want to be better at telling stories. Or they've been told, you need to bring more personality to work, which I translate as you need to share more of yourself and your story. Um, and that's such a great point you make, Kristen, around using language that you would use anyway. Like as if you're telling a story to you, to a girlfriend over a glass of wine on the weekend. That's really true. And I know that I'm sure some of your clients, maybe even you struggle with this at one point, but I know a lot of people struggle with just being who they are. And, and I don't mean, and I tell people, I don't mean that if you normally use uh, let's say crass language on a regular. I'm not saying bring that to the table all the time. It, it, there's, there's a boundary to put in, but be you. And you will see what happens. And so, yes, in corporate environments, honestly, I think there might be the thought of pushback because it's not the norm. But every single time, every single time I have done work with executives or done work with corporations, there might be. So, for example, I, and this wasn't a corporation, but I did something for a really large city. And they told my assistant, they said, we love Dr. Guillory. We, we know she's great. But we also learned that she dances, but we're going to have police officers and firemen there. And my assistant told them, because we've worked together, she said, that's okay, they'll dance too. <laughs> and I called her. <laughs> I said, well done. And I called the woman and I said, I'm so honored to uh, be coming soon. But at the end of the day, we're all human first. We're all human beings who like fun and like connection, and yes, I did bring police officers on stage with me to dance, and it was great. One officer said, oh my gosh, I don't have any rhythm. Could you tell? I said, no, you did great. But the part of stories is we feel like if I share some of me, I will be judged. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing, I think, in any environment, corporate, higher education, in church, we are so afraid of being judged or, oh my gosh, I don't want someone to know <gasps> that I'm not perfect. Oh no, I, I think we really are worried about it. I don't want you to know that I struggle and have flaws, but it's in those moments that people are most inspired. 
Yeah, because it's all about connection, isn't it? That's what we're craving. And everyone, I think, in the, especially in the workplace, it's so easy to look around and think, oh, everyone else is are these perfect, flawless, professional beings and I'm the only one with these issues and fears and self-doubts and struggles when in reality everyone has them, everyone and and we're so afraid to show them, you know, just like you said, Kristen, you know, because we're afraid of being judged for that, for it, when in fact it's the opposite. It is so the opposite. I spoke at an event and sharing about a really hard year our family had a couple of years ago, a woman came up and I, I cried in the middle of the talk and a woman came up to me afterwards and she said, thank you so much for sharing and thank you for allowing us to see your emotion and, and thank you for crying in front of us. I didn't think PhDs had problems. What? <laughs> wow. What? Yeah. No, ma'am. Degree or not, we all have problems. And there is, generally in all of my trainings, I conduct something called speaker listener. And there's a question that I ask, they pair up. And the question I ask is, if you had to give your life a title for what it is right now, what would it be and why? And I've asked that question many times and variations of it, at least to 6,000, 7,000 people the number one theme is I'm not good. That's the number one in the, in the titles. It's either I wasn't good for a long time or I'm actually not good. I ask it all the time. I'll say, okay, if you want to be really honest, raise your hand. If you're really not good today, 90% of hands go up. So, so many of us are walking around wearing masks. And I think when we're on stage. So I believe that it is a privilege to be on stage speaking to people. And I encourage my clients that you honor that moment, you honor that space, you honor that audience, and you need to be fully present and be prepared. And it's an honor because so many people are almost looking at the speaker as permission to be. And when you see someone on stage say, I struggle a little bit, oh my gosh, it allows people to breathe. And so that's what I use the platform, I use that platform in that way for some things, but it's people just want to know it's okay to make a mistake and it's okay not to be okay and then keep going. And, you know, we don't even need to be speakers on stage to do this. You know, you could you could apply stories, when, you know, in a team meeting or even one-on-one conversations, you know, with, with, your, with your team, with your colleagues or, you know, if you're with your boss, you know, all different situations at work. No, absolutely. That is, it's so funny. And I promise I'm not making these stories up. I had lunch today with a friend <laughs> and, and we talked just about that. She has one-on-one clients and we talked about using a story. She is, is wanting to help people build financial wealth. And I said, use a story. Talk about why this is a passion of yours. Maybe it's because there was a time that you weren't mindful of your spending, or maybe you saw your mom saving growing up and you wanted to do the same, but storytelling. I I encourage entrepreneurs as well. You can use speaking and storytelling without having to be on stage. So you're a hundred percent right. People want to connect. I use stories in my consultation calls and I often hear, I need you to conduct every call like this. 
I feel like I've known you forever. Thank you so much. And sometimes we connect over travel. I'd love to travel. And it's just sharing part of us and being okay sharing that story that got you on the call or sharing a little story before the training or if you're having a meeting, just sharing some story. And it could be, oh, this weekend I saw the new Aladdin movie and it was great, right? Like that's not a lot of details, but you gave me something of you and people appreciate Mm. that. Okay. So can we talk a bit about message and story? Because I know a lot of the work that I've done, I mean, when I tell a story on stage, for example, um, I, you know, I'll link it back to some learnings or to a message. How, and I know that that is important, but can we tell story? Like, do we always have to link it to a message or can it simply be a story just for the, you know, the, the, the purpose of sharing a bit of ourselves? I think absolutely. I think both, you know, that storytelling in itself by itself, just storytelling is here's a story because, we could still link a message to it, but someone is going to take away something that you're not intending, right? So I could be in front sharing and someone might hear my story, but they may connect with, oh my goodness, she mentioned that she's the oldest in her family, me too. And wow. that's a small detail of my story. So I, you can use stories both, both. Um, you know, going back to what you are saying before about Um, you know, sharing stories in conversations. I was speaking with a woman the other day who was interested to work with me and she said, oh, I wish I could speak like you, Christina. You just speak so natural. And I said to her, well, you do realise, and I told her a story about when I started and how when I started I was not a natural speaker and, and how I went through that process as well. And that allowed me to say, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, cause she said, oh, you're this. So instead of me saying, no, I'm not, I was able to share the story, which then communicated that her perception was not quite accurate, you know, without going against what she was saying. So it's a, it's a nice way of communicating, um, you know, maybe an argument or a message without actually, you know, coming across as like you're rebutting that person. That that's an excellent point. Wait, I'm getting my notepad. I'm always <laughs> open. To it. Wait, you always have to be open to learning. <laughs> but you're so, you're so right, right? You're so right. Because if she said that to you, like, oh my gosh, you are such a natural speaker. And if you said, no, 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 I haven't been. You're right. Someone might think, oh, she's just trying to be humble or coy where you're like, no, no, no. Here's a story. That's great. I mean, actually, that just reminded, I just thought of, I've Thought, just thought of this. If someone gives you a compliment and says, oh my gosh, I love those shoes. You could say, oh yeah, awesome. I got them from this store and I went there yesterday and you wouldn't believe it. They were the last pair in my size. And I, and you could actually tell a story about that. You're so right. But you know what? We do that already. If someone says, oh, I love your dress, this whole thing, I've had it 10 years. There's a story. <laughs> it's a great point you make, Kristen, and that we do this anyway. Like we do this all the time. So for everyone out there who's thinking, oh, I'm not good at telling stories, you are. You know, we're naturally wired to tell stories as human beings. And I think it's just about giving yourself permission to bring that into the workplace. Would you agree, Kristen? I would agree. I, I would agree. And it's, it, that's, it, the word is, I would just say hashtag permission. That's what yes. it is. It, it doesn't mean that, that you have to tell everybody every part of you, right? Like there are, 
you can learn something about someone in 60 seconds and, and they've told you a lot about them, but there's so much you don't know. But you are able to connect even when you say, who, I don't know about you, but is anybody tired? I stayed up all night watching the Academy Awards and I'm so glad that such and such won. So that tells me, oh, you're tired. Oh, because you love the movies, you know, whatever it is. But I do. Storytelling just allows us to connect. And when you're connected, then you're just so much more productive. The meetings are so, to me, so much more authentic and we're willing to work. And it doesn't feel like, oh, here's another meeting. And we're only talking for the sake of talking. Yes. We are connecting and there's a story. One a suggestion that I've given some clients who conduct a lot of meetings and they'll show me the agenda and the agenda just gets straight into action, like literally item one, two, three. And I said, tell me how that goes. And she said, well, normally no one speaks. I said, well, one, you're, you have the meeting Monday morning at eight o'clock. Don't ever do that. No, no, no. They're sleepy. They're not paying attention. <laughs> do it another time. And then I said, how about start it with Let's talk about the wins from last week. Tell me what went really well last week. Start with that. Allow everyone's voice to be heard. And, and to your point, that's a story. Oh my gosh, last week when this client came in or when we closed the deal. And then now you're giving everyone a voice. You're giving everyone an opportunity to share in the celebrations. And then when that starts, I believe people are going to be more likely to be fully present in the meeting and they're going to be more likely to provide suggestions and do the work and be excited about the work because storytelling invites everybody in. Even if yes. everyone doesn't speak, it invites everybody to the table. Yes. And people will, lis will, will listen because we all love hearing stories. We can't help ourselves. That's why we love novels. That's why we go to the movies because that's, it's all story. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, this has been so awesome, Kristen, and thank you so much for sharing your story as well. Um, tell me what you're excited about at the moment. What's, what's going on for you? Oh, my goodness. Uh, thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> so I am excited about three, well, more than three things, but the main three things, since we are talking about storytelling, this is very befitting that I have co-founded a movement. We're calling it a movement called Women of Candor. And it is our debut show is on May 25th. Our next show is July 13th in Dallas, Texas. And Women of Candor specifically is providing platforms to black women to provide spaces to share our stories and share our truths. Very often women, period, but black women feel uh, that we have to be silent or that people aren't listening to our voices. And so our desire is just to provide platforms for women to share their stories through storytelling and stand-up comedy. Wow, super fun. I know. <laughs> so we are so excited. The event coming up is almost sold out. And it's also so beautiful and wonderful to see every type of person who is coming to the event. So although it's a platform for black women, everyone is invited. The next is my 2019 boot camp called Finding Your Voice, The Heart, Art, and Business of Speaking will be in August. And it's a two-day intensive boot camp for aspiring and established speakers. And the third thing is I love travel. So I am hosting a cruise to Cuba and Mexico in August. And the next trip, I'm hosting a group 
of thir uh, for 30 women to Cartagena, Colombia in February or March 2020. Wow. I, I love it. So yeah, so those are those are the things that I'm excited about. Thank you for yeah. allowing me to share. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for, for um, sharing, you know, yourself and your beautiful wisdom with everyone. Uh, where can people connect with you? Yes. My website is kristengillery.com. My Instagram and Twitter, Dr. G Speaks, DRG Speaks. Facebook, the same, Dr. G Speaks. And you can find me on LinkedIn at Kristen Guillory. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for all the work that you do, Kristen. I do hope people, uh, you know, reach out and, and connect with you and learn more about how they can find their own voices and connect with others. So thanks again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Isn't she fabulous? I had so much fun chatting with Dr. Kristen Guillory for this podcast. I want to say a big thank you to her for being so open and vulnerable and willing to share with us on the podcast. Now, I will, I will put links to how you can connect with her in the description of this app, um, or you can visit the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 215. But do reach out to her and let her know what a fabulous human being she is. A quick reminder before we wrap, if you're interested in being a founding member of the C-Method Academy membership site, go to thecmethod.com slash join. That link is also in the description of your app. I look forward to chatting with you. I'm Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed.